Hey, everybody, it's Linda Gunner with Love Him, Love Them. And this is my favorite time to be able to share about miracles that have happened uh, in my life, uh, in the life of our ministry, and that can also happen in your life. For some reason, we seem to, in this dark, dark world, feel like God's not there anymore. But listen, I want to. What I'm going to share with you today, you're not going to believe. Come to me with your gaping emptiness, knowing that in me you are complete. And as you rest quietly in my presence, my light within you will grow brighter and brighter. Because facing the emptiness inside of you is simply the prelude to being filled with my fullness. Okay, so that means. The, those days that you have to drag yourself out of bed, feeling so sluggish and inadequate, tell yourself this is the perfect day to depend on me. I'm going to tell you about somebody that depends on God more than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. So right before Christmas uh, last year in 2023, I got this phone call from a friend of mine named Sherry. And she, um, this, this is the most unbelievable story that you're ever going to hear in your entire life. Okay. But she, her husband ate a blueberry muffin <laughs> at like 5am in the morning, those little snack sized blueberry muffins. He got choked on the blueberry muffin and was trying, came back to the, to the bedroom. She was still asleep, came back to the bedroom to try to get her attention and said, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. She got up sort of, you know, delirious of what was happening literally ended up, he fell out on the floor and was without oxygen. Now, probably one of the strangest parts about this story is how similar it is to the story of us with our fire. She called 911 and got the wrong 911. Same thing that happened to us. Because when you live on the lake, uh, there it's, I don't even understand how the territories are set up. But anyway, same thing that happened to me when they said, oh, you have the wrong 911. You need to call this county. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm watching my house burn down. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm watching my husband on the floor. He can't even breathe. And so she ends up finally, while she's trying to do chest compressions and give, get her husband to regain consciousness, is on the floor with the phone on the floor, also still trying to get 911. Finally, they show up, but at this point, his brain has been without oxygen for approximately, I think they said 23 minutes. Um, they won't even let her ride in the ambulance to the hospital. She ends up having somebody else come to get her. I end up hearing the story and end up at the hospital with her that night uh, in Gainesville. Okay, so long story short uh, with this, because of the lack of oxygen to the brain, that was on a Tuesday. By Friday, she had to make the decision to take her husband off of the ventilator, to take her husband, to, to let her husband go, is the only way I know how to say it, from a blueberry muffin. Are you hearing me? It was, for me, one of the most unbelievable situations I've ever seen in my life. Um, there are so many stories that happen in between that that there's not enough time for me to tell you about in this short time that we have. But I want you to understand this. Her husband ate a blueberry muffin on a Tuesday, passed away on a Friday, had the funeral on a Monday, and within the next week, it was his birthday, it was her anniversary, and it was, um, it was Christmas. It was the week of Christmas. With our ministry in the midst of this, actually the day of his funeral, the day of his funeral, so it was December the, the 19th was our night of hope. 
So uh, that day for me was insane. I was up at 4 a.m., had to be on a couple of television shows to in Greenville, had to drive back. I was I was honored to speak at her husband's funeral and then uh, came back for the Night of Hope. In the midst of all of this, our food, our Night of Hope is for children whose parents are incarcerated. It's a huge Christmas deal. We've been doing it for years and years and years. The food that was to be provided by the Night of Hope canceled on us <laughs> in the midst and in the midst of all of this. And we had no idea how we were going to be able to provide. There were probably 150, 175 people there. And so we go to, I go to, to Jim's funeral, go to the graveside. And then Sherry says, I want you to come to, uh, the, they had a little reception afterwards. Well, this is horrible, but this is the truth. At the reception, I'm looking at the food and I'm like, oh my gosh, this food would be so magnificent for tonight. It's chicken fingers. It's mac and cheese. I mean, this is a big time reception, right? And so I, I go over and I sit down with Sherry and I'm talking with Sherry. Now listen to this too. This is the unbelievable part too. The night before I called all of the volunteers that were listed that had signed up to serve at the Night of Hope. And Jim was on the list, the man who was no longer here with us. Jim and Sherry were both there, always huge volunteers. Matter of fact, one of the jobs that Sherry always had was she would go and pick up the food for our night of hope from the people that used to provide it for us. So we're sitting there and Sherry looks at me and she goes, oh my gosh, Linda, what am I going to do with all this leftover food? And she looks back at me and she goes, is tonight the night of hope? And I said, yeah. She goes, oh my gosh, Linda, we are going to be providing the food. Jim is going to provide the food for the night of hope from his funeral luncheon. <laughs> I was like, I have never in my life seen someone. And I want to tell you this too. Two of the people from the funeral who had driven here from Wisconsin to come to his funeral, when they heard that the food was going to be providing for that, they left from the funeral and came and volunteered at the night of hope. I want to read this to you again. Come to me with your gaping emptiness, knowing that in me you are complete. As you rest quietly in my presence, my light within you goes, grows brighter and brighter. Rejoice on those days that you drag yourself out of bed feeling sluggish and inadequate and tell yourself that this is a perfect day to depend on me in childlike trust. I have watched Sherry walk through this last month in a way that I've never in my life seen someone trust and depend on God. Matter of fact, when I leave here, I'm going to her house to pick up some dinosaur <laughs> sheets that she saw that we needed for a child that she has ordered. When we have our full trust and dependence on the Lord, even when we are sitting at our husband's funeral, or even when we are sitting at the luncheon after our husband's funeral, we are able to think about others. We are able to think about serving. You know, she said, and even, even to, to, till right now, she is looking through her husband's things and saying, would this be great for a pastor in Haiti? Do you think these pastors in Haiti could take uh, his neckties? I mean, I know people that, and I'm not throwing any judgment. I understand that for years, I know my mom didn't take anything out of my dad's closet for years. And I get that. But to watch someone walk through this who says, you know, he's not coming back. I would love to be able to provide this for someone that can need it. It has blown my mind to watch her walk through. And you know what it does for me? It encourages me. It makes me want to make sure 
Am I keeping my eyes focused on what needs to be happening? Am I dragging around sluggishly every day getting up because Satan has used some strategy to discourage me or frustrate me or irritate me? Or have I really cast my cares on him? So I don't know what you're going through today. I mean, I can't even look at a blueberry muffin the same. I was in a convenience store two days ago and I saw the bag of blueberry muffins. And I, and it's it's heartbreaking to think about the ways and the things that happen to some of us in our lives. But what if we really did understand the whole purpose and the whole plan and we realized that we're really not orchestrating it. We're not the director. We are a participant, but the same way on a movie set when you you guys have no idea even what's going on in the in the rest of this room right now. I have no control over all of the other things. And it's the same way in our lives. Sherry had no more control. She did everything she could. Matter of fact, the ambulance drivers told her, he's alive right now because of you, because of your compressions. We don't, we're not in charge of that. We're not in control of that. But we do have to walk out step by step every day. That part is our choice. Miracles happen around us all the time, and we need to be prepared to walk through whatever it is that God places in our path and keep our eyes focused.